Hello, everyone. Welcome to part one of a two-part series uh, with Chloe and Michael Stanzel from Burnley Brewing. Uh, Burnley Brewing's got, undergone some change in the last two years. Uh, if you want to kind of learn more about where the brewery came from and how it got started, uh, jump back to, I think it's episode 112 uh, on the podcast feed, where we speak to Michael and then, at the time, uh, co-owners of the brewery, uh, Neil and Phil. Uh, Neil and Phil have since moved on and um, there's been a bit of a restructure in the brewery and now Chloe and Michael have kind of much more control than they, they did in the past and uh, it's really cool to catch up with them and find out what they're actually up to. Uh, they've got some really interesting approach to social media and team engagement and uh, as well as just brewing brewing interesting beers and exploring lagers uh, in ways that people don't really do in Australia. Really, really cool to chat with them and uh, get a little bit of uh, insight into all these changes. Uh, you'll hear me and Dave talking about the Stoner Wood sale, which I think everyone is uh, kind of focused on at the moment. So enjoy that. Uh, enjoy Chloe and Michael, and we'll see you probably in a week's time with part two of the chat. Hey Dave. Hey Luke, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. It's just, I feel like it's just gotten a little bit colder in my house. Really? Yeah, the, old the sun's just... just gone. What was it supposed to be today? About 20 odd degrees? Yeah, I, I've just brought up the. Uh, this is great, riveting chat for anyone to listen to <sighs> after the fact. Um, we've got some guests coming up, uh, but in the meantime, I've, we probably should discuss the news. Is this going to be part one of this show, or do you want to do two separates? No, this will be part one. We'll just drop right. it at the start. Emergency press conference that you have to have. Um, yeah. There's no oh, yeah, way. We, we we I think we just need to get it out of the way, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Stone Wood sold this mm-hmm. week. Uh, the discourse has been plentiful, which is why I, I am, you know, I think this is why we're doing it in this form. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, 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 what do we need to add to it? Yeah, yeah. And everything that I'd want to say has, has already been said and many Facebook comments and articles and things. Um, but, so yeah, Stonerwood, oh, so I guess before we started, Dave, I, I said I'd tell you what I was drinking. Oh, do it, before yeah. We started. Uh, I've got a Green Coast Lager. Oh, the, right, The new okay. 3.5% uh, clear bottle lager from Stonerwood. Uh-huh. How dare you? They sent me a slab, uh, hashtag freebie. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know if you've ever had Miller High Life, but it's, it just reminds me of that, to be honest. Right. Um, uh, maybe a little bit more bitter. But is that different to their – like, did they rejig that beer? So they, they've got both now. So they've got the standard Green Coast Lager and then they've yeah. got this, this version, which huh. is just – What do they um, call that? Is it just the same – like the same – is it not yes. – is it only differentiated by the packaging? packaging yeah. That seems – confusing it does know that you mention it yeah um it's i mean you know it's not it's not a it's not a beer that's gonna blast your nips off or anything but no but i don't know i mean crushing it so quickly yeah i'm sure but like if that's your beer and you tell your partner or whatever pick us up some green coast and there's two different versions oh yeah 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 that's a bit confusing yeah um, the packaging or the, the bottle is great as well. Uh, yeah, I've seen a picture of it actually. It is pretty nice. Um, in, in real life, I think it's even better because they've printed the the label screen printed on, the the front label. Oh, yeah. That's um, um, that's very pleasing to the eye, I think. I, th- I think screen printing is the right word. It's, it's directly no, on the label. Yeah, whatever on the it is. glass. Yeah. Um, and it's actually kind of raised. So Green Coast. You know, there's so there's a little to texture it. to it. Yeah, I like that. Um, and they've got stone wood kind of on the bottles as well uh, as a texture as well. So like as a package, it's pretty sharp looking. Yeah, that's nice. Um, it's a weird thing though because I think this, and I, I don't know for sure, but this I think this product was developed independently of the sale talk. 
Right. And um, it's just uh, serendipitous. Yeah. So people, you time. know, people like, oh, look, they've, look at them. They've bought out a, a clear bottle lager and they've sold, like, you know, immediately changed kind of a thing. Yeah. It probably doesn't help the discourse. No. <laughs> um, and so, uh, I guess before this, this happened, the sale happened, uh, my thoughts on this were that, you know, people that want to support independent brewers that don't really care about beer, this is a great product for them. Um, the rhetoric's changed now that they've, they've sold to Lion and, uh, you know, I can't, I can't make that statement. Divulge this to me. How excited were you to express that take? Oh, not, not that excited. Not that excited? Oh, I <laughs> no. thought that would have been one that you were like, yes. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty... That's a pretty standard take of mine is these days there are so many people that like going to their local brewery but don't care about the beer. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, if we can if we can encourage them to, if there's a product for them, then awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Um, it's basically yeah. seltzer, <laughs> really. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Uh, but, yeah, the sale, interesting. Thursday, so Thursday this week, uh, early September, uh, announced that all of Stoner Woods being sold, including uh, fixation. All of um, Fermentum, yeah. Uh, Forest for the Trees, mm-hmm. the Saisonnerie, uh, Two Birds, which is an interesting one because Two Birds was just purchased by Fermentum in January. Uh, January, yeah. Um, I guess the, the big thing is, you know, people have been really going or pointing out that, um, you know, Jamie Cook. Uh, the, one of the co-founders and former chair of the Independent Brewers Association has said multiple times about independence, you know, he, he kind of openly went at Pirate Life when he was the chair of the IBA. Yep. Saying, you know, when an independent brewery sells, it, it damages the entire industry. Um, and that's people are, you know, pulling the receipts on that. And Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's fair enough. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and like you know, I mean, I, I know Jamie, and I guess I should say disclaimer: I'm I'm reasonably close to Stoner Wood as a brand. Um, you know, we've both been there for uh, on free trips mm-hmm. up to Byron. Um, I've worked with them on their festivals, uh, hosting their masterclasses up in Brisbane and the Gold Coast. So, and you know, I I, I know many people within the organisation and consider them friends. Um, so this is you know, it's kind of a, a an interesting one because they had you know, those words from Jamie and then the now sale makes the whole thing fairly hypocritical. Yeah. By, by definition, I, I think, I don't think it's an unfair thing to say. Um, and it just comes back to, we've said this on the show before, don't say anything. Yeah, exactly. There's no point making a declarative statement like that. Um, one of the quotes in the Crafty Point article was like, uh, the bittersweet feeling of when you're starting a business, knowing that eventually it's going to be um, handed off to someone else. And then, I mean, there's a variety of different ways that can go down, but like, I don't know, like if, if you know that's the case, don't say, don't, don't make a statement like that. The uh, Pirate Life uh, founders have been popping up in Facebook comments, sharing that article and those quotes, because um, you know it was, it was a pretty direct attack on them. Yeah, and, uh, and I mean, were... like, if you're Pirate Life, this is delicious. Like, you get yeah, you, you get a free pop at, to vanquish an enemy or two. Yeah, um, and like. It's okay. I, I, I always think I think this. It's okay. Like if you have a brewery and you think we're never going to sell, um, you know, one day one of your business partners, which I think is the case here, it seems to be that you know the founders all couldn't agree on a path forward. So that ended up meaning, uh, or yeah, the, the people. That, yeah, they're meaning. Yeah, to, there's a lot of moving pieces. <laughs> you know, like the, the the bigger it gets, the more moving yeah. pieces are. Arise, yeah. And like, you know, even my kind of engagement in the beer industry, I guess, is fully immersed now. But, you know, there's times when it's like, Ugh, I don't want to keep writing about beer anymore. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, things maybe, I'll, maybe anyway. I'll do something else. So, if like, 
things happen anyway, like no matter what the circumstances are. And then you have a year and a half of COVID as well. Mm. Like how many more pivots and changes of direction um, could you possibly face? All the while, yeah, in normal times, it's a complex machine anyway. Yeah, I can see a lot of people that do feel betrayed by that as well um, because of the the kind of what they had pinned their brand on. Brand on. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, people, there's that kind of the, the two things that happen online, uh, you know, on the discourse when people, when a brewery sells is there's people that are mad and go, you know, oh, this sucks, this is awful. And then there's people that say, well, the, nothing's going to change. You know, the beer's going to be the same. Don't worry about it. Um, which, you know, I, I think we sh- There's bits okay. of both of those positions to agree with, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's okay to be mad. Yeah. Like if you genuinely love a brand and then that changes, you know, and the reason you love it is, is that it's independent or, you know, it's a, a business that's part of, um, you know, your, your local community, then, yeah, of course you can be angry. It's of a valid, course. That's the most valid, most valid feeling, I think. I think it's valid, but I don't necessarily agree with it Yeah, personally. But I understand um, it. I, I guess, yeah. And the other thing, you know, the, the beer, you know, people say, oh, the beer's still the same, but it sure, it is. Um, and, you know, we've seen with other buyouts uh, and, you know, we know that Lion makes great beer under a number of brands uh, and Stoner would have probably going to be, you know, that brand and fixation. The beer's probably going to be great for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, I, I won't say forever because... If we're just going to say don't make a declarative statement, we're not going to just go and then, yeah. then go and make one. <laughs> but the you other know. thing about it is I'm not so sure I totally agree with Jamie's prior comment about when a big player sells, it is bad for the entire industry. Yeah. don't know if it... I don't know. I mean, he's obviously got a much stronger position to take um, than than I could, but Mm. I don't know. Like, I feel like for every giant sale that goes through, there's a lot of new players. There's a lot of people that are growing their own businesses at the same time. Um, What he was saying at the time, and this is probably what I'm saying as well, is that there's a trust that you have in a brand yeah um and then when it sells it kind of breaks that trust and you kind of sure but i think i mean just touching back on saying before that i don't really i don't really personally agree with those stances is like i don't know if you i don't know if you can put a hundred percent of trust in a business in a small business like that Mm. and that doesn't that's not like a like a, that's not a weary thing. It's just like you can't know for sure that they're never going to sell their business. It's a small business. Like, I mean, the almost the point of it is to make it be as successful as possible. So, mm. yeah, I think it's like it's a tough thing to think that a brand that you love is never going to change. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually reached out to anyone at Stone Wood. I figured I'll, I'll wait a week or so yeah I, they've got plenty of text messages coming through I think. um but uh I, I mean jamie's probably going to hear this uh eventually so jamie if you do hear this and we haven't chatted uh you know let's let's get you on the show and we'd love to kind of talk these things through because um you know i i certainly don't think anything less of anyone you know while i'm saying it's hypocritical you know i think that's just the definition of what's happened uh and it's i mean that's fine Things change. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No, I, um, I, I, I never, I mean, this, this one felt a bit different just because there were some extra ramifications to it. But yeah, I don't know. I never really mind too much. If... I, yeah, I'm the same. Like, I, you know, it's probably Stone and Wood and Bolter are the two of the majors that I engage with the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just because. They, they make really good beers. Yeah. They also engage with, with us as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they engage with the the, the market pretty well. Um, so, like, you know, I'm, I'm certainly still going to drink their beer, you know, when that's, I guess, the, the best option. 
Yeah, probably, exactly. It probably will give me pause when I look at it at tap lineup. But to be honest, you know, there are times, uh, God, I was in a bar recently and I think there was Easy Hazy from Bolter and then one other independent brewery on tap and then like Carlton Draft and everything. And Easy Hazy was just tasting so good that I ended up drinking that all day. Felt feeling sure. you know, guilt, a little bit guilty because I, I work for the IBA and uh, – you know, the other brand was a member, but the beer was delicious. <laughs> there's a limit to how I think there's a limit to how much you can let that affect your purchasing. It's yeah, a good factor. I mean, especially yeah. for you because of, of of your job, but it's 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 not a hundred percent though. It can't be. And then I then you kind of think of you know both of our purchasing habits would be ninety nine point nine percent. Indie, you're allowed to you're allowed to have a bullshit. Sure, but if you think about your exact example, right? Regardless yeah. of how good the other independent beer is, if it's not what you want, choosing to buy something you don't want is kind mm. of a psycho move. It's kind <laughs> of a psycho move. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, look, I certainly as a as a purchaser. Like my, my daily shopping habits, you know, I, I will certainly try and go out of my way to to buy as many sort of locally produced or small business products as of I course. can. Um, because there's a absolute abundance of them. Absolutely. And An absolute damn, abundance. I, I think both of us are pretty blessed living in places where, you know, we're not far from fresh fruit and veg markets, um, good bottle shops. Goodbye. I just found a I I just found a new like excellent bottle shop that is so like very very close to my house that I didn't even know was there. Right. So I'm. So yeah, you're stumbling. You're stumbling across it last night. Yeah. Things like that when you've also got Carwin Sellers. Yeah. Within your five k. Yep. Um, and amongst so many other things within your five k, so you know, and we I guess. It's so easy for us to do that, but it's also not easy for people yeah, in you know, exactly. uh, out of suburbs or, or small towns where, yeah, if you are having to choose and the, the small brewery product is not the one you want and, you know, maybe it's not in the best condition or, or whatever. then Exactly right. If you're looking at a, like in six months' time, if you're looking at a shelf that's got like fresh Pacific Ale cans and then there's something independent that... You can't even tell how fresh it is. I mean, mm. it's, a, it's it's tough. It's a tough thing to to uh, unequivocally block that out and go. Yeah, not for me. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, we're all everyone's making purchasing decisions that reflect. You know, they they make it. They're doing their best. Exactly. Uh, how complicated an equation does it have to become? To keep ev- like evolving as the right one all the time. It's okay to engage in society, but also question purchasing habits and ownership and things. Yeah. While also buying those products as well. Like that's exactly that's right. fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anything? Anything you want to add before we before we finish this Stone of Wood chat? No, no. I think I think. Uh, the most like the thing that I want to add the most is not really adding anything to it. <laughs> what is it? No, I mean like I don't I don't really like I don't really mind. It doesn't really bother me. So I don't oh, really the thing you want to add the most is that there's is not, not really getting much. involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. I've seen some like conversations online that I'm like, this is a big old waste of time. Like, I don't know what any I don't know what anyone's trying to get out of it. I don't know, like it's just like expressing displeasure, but like I don't really think that's appropriate online anyway, regardless of what it's about. Oh, no, let, let people have their have their no. fun. No, 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 no. It's a um, waste of time. And I, I guess the, I mean, the final thing that I want to say is, like, you know, we, we've all seen how much the industry in Australia has benefited from stone and wood. Of course. Um, They've like, done the work. Like, <laughs> the work is done. Yeah. And, you know, you, you look in breweries around Australia – and there's ex Stone Wood employees that are littered around the place. There's DNA well. everywhere. Yeah, and uh, you know, and also being involved with the IBA and what Jamie kind of um, 
his contribution there was was immense, and I know that their contribution to uh, you know things like Brucon and the the industry panels that we organised throughout the year and the uh, organisation you know the IBA of education and things like that. Those guys, are, it's going to leave a massive hole. Yeah. Um, for them not being involved in the IBA, knowing that we just can't tap someone from Stoner Wood to be on a panel. Yeah. Um, because they've got. There's just like auto credibility that's not yeah. going to be available anymore. Yeah. Um, and I, mean, I guess it still is available. Or just like know, the one stop shop isn't quite. Yeah. 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 Um, and I mean, that's selfishly because that, that impacts my job, but also, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the knock on effects for the industry uh, are massive. Um, but, and that's just because they're excellent at what they do. And exactly. They, they have, yeah. They've set a, such a high standard and a high benchmark. Uh, so you've you know you've got to you've got to give them so much credit for all of that. Yeah, I think maybe like the way that I would sum it up is it's definitely it's undoubtedly a massive move, but maybe let's just chill. <laughs> let's just chill with it. Yeah, um, yeah. I've I've crushed this beer by the way. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing I wanted to mention. I mentioned it before we started recording too, but I'm drinking um, from former uh, guests of the show. What two shows ago? Um, yep. uh, one show, no, whatever. Whatever it is, um, I'm drinking the Love Shack Pale, and it's tremendous. Mm. It's like the be- the very best versions of like those simple, real clean pale ales. It's like it's like I I think I audibly ooed when I poured <laughs> it because of how like how pale and clear it was. I was just like, this is going to be the best. So it's yeah, very very good. Um. Listening back and editing that that show just reminded me of how bloody lovely those two guys are. Yeah, and terrific. how much fun they seem to be having. Uh, yeah, it was a, well, re- a real good time. Like we sort of chatted for like how long was it afterwards? Yeah, thirty minutes, <laughs> they told, forty they told minutes. Us so so many interesting things. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, re- really can't wait to to go visit uh, and have some beers. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, what's happening at Burnley? <laughs> start, start from the start and we'll, I'll drink this Burnley Pilsner while you guys talk. I've got a Dunkles. Oh, how's the Dunkles? Oh, nice. Well, yeah, what do you think of the um, Pils and Dunkles? I had the Pils yesterday and I loved it. It's banger, right? Yeah, so good. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah, very proud of that one. Really, really lovely. That's good. So basically that's a pretty good segue into actually talking about what this podcast is about. Um, or oh, what Burnley's about. Yes, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're gearing up for what is uh, arguably the biggest time for us, which is Oktoberfest. Um, normally we would have 12 exclusive beers pouring down at Richmond with our Hellas, Vienna um, and Dunkels and whatever German beer we've released being smashed there as well, but we had to pivot slightly. So every all of our beers for the first time ever are being canned which for us is really exciting because now we get to binge drink in peace. Um, but the Pilsner is kind of like that hallmark beer. We've done it a couple of times, like when we first launched the uh, wholesale, it was one of our core ranges, but we just decided to take it off um, and kind of release it when we want to. And we're lucky to have a really good relationship with the guys at Hofbrau House. So we kind of decided that we were going to do a massive Oktoberfest together and obviously that's fallen through slightly, but the beer will forever live on. Hofbrau House is interesting. Um, I think we've talked about it on the show before because it's they, they seem to do a lot of work to get really interesting German beer in. Oh, for sure. Um, but they're kind of, they don't look, you know, they don't look cliched, beer mm. holy. Uh, I don't know if they're still, they were still doing it, but they were doing cask or firkin tappings. Every Friday yes. night, kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do they? So, how like how much do you guys get involved with with them? How does that work? Well, uh, I kind well, of just met. We met them out and about. I think we were like we. That's one place that when we first came back to Australia, we oh even before well, actually, we left for Germany, we oh, yeah. So actually, before because Chloe used to work in the city um, as a. Uh, Travel agent. Yeah, I was literally the worst <laughs> travel agent in the world, but did love that paycheck. <laughs> yeah, so Chloe, Chloe used to work in the city, and I'd always come out to meet her on Friday nights, and I'd always go to Hofbrau House for their um for their happy hour, which is like from four to six, and I'll just be 
at Hoffer House, nailing steins by myself. And by the time Chloe got there, got there I was pretty, pretty happy because they had like ten dollars steins. It was—I can't remember incredible. the price, but it was yeah. insanely cheap. Um, and I remember like being there, obviously by myself because I'm so cool and drinking <laughs> one of the steins. And I was like, you know what? One of these days, I'm going to brew a beer with these guys and yeah. 10 years later we've done so it, i think so. that's something that's kind of cool for like the way that we have come back to melbourne like we didn't really have a lot of connections because we were so new to the city again but we did have these really strong memories of like um re- relating to venues before we even started working with them so hofbrow house is one of those places that was always so important to us um but to circle back to your, your question yes they put a lot of effort into kind of absolutely everything including like the beer that they get in they always make sure it's the absolute best and the way that people engage with german culture they make sure it's like really authentically approachable um if that i don't even know what your question was i just really like opera house <laughs> oh but we met them essentially because we were drinking there a lot and they were like why are you always wearing the same t-shirts and we said xyz they said xyz and now we're friends <laughs> so, i'm assuming they were burnley t-shirts not just t-shirts you guys no they were asking me about my daddy issues t-shirts okay. and they were like <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that michael was wearing the same one exactly. yeah <laughs> he made them it was, okay. that's the weird part um so tell me about the pilsner because i'm getting there's something uh, what what hop is it is it just all classic traditional or? Um, yeah, so the, so this pilsner. So as Chloe said, we our first core range beers were the pale ale and the Vienna lager, and then we brought a new world pilsner into it. So in in my mind, it was like a kind of like a stepping stone for people to to who love craft beers and ales and pale ales, IPAs and stuff like that to step into the lager world because that can be a daunting word for some people. Mm. Um, so using New World hops, we made this New World lager. It was also dry hopped as well and had slightly warmer ferment temperatures as opposed to the traditional German low temperatures. Um, but I got bored of that. I didn't really like it in the end because I like my traditional Pilsner. So then this Pilsner that we're drinking right now, or Luke, you're drinking right now and Dave, you had yesterday, mm-hmm. is um, a Pilsner that I've always had in my mind for the last couple of years, but I've just never brewed it. So... Finally, Chloe asked me a couple of months ago, um, hey, can we have a Pilsner in can, a German Pilsner? I was like, fuck yes, <laughs> finally. That's our dog, Harry, gluggling in the background. So if you hear something with weird noises, it's just Harry. I thought okay. Chloe was having her Pilsner out of a bowl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the authentic way to drink it. You put it in the bowl like a cat. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's, it's a traditional German Pilsner. It's um, pretty much 100% Pilsner malt. Jeez, um, Harry. You Harry, right? for the love of God. Um, and um, it's, uh, yeah, noble German hops. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just uh, very low ferment temperatures, long lagering time. I think this is in tank for eight weeks in total, um, including its, um, its primary fermentation phase um so um yeah it's pretty much it there's a like there's almost a new world hop character in there that i mm. that i don't know like if you told me you'd use say enigma or something like that late i would have gone oh yeah that makes sense so, what what do you think i'm picking up then on that so i'm in this beer right now we've got hercules um Halitau Mitofu and also um, Perla as well. Okay. Um, so three German hop varieties um, and getting some, I, I get like herbaceous, mm. um, slight spice as well um, and, and floral notes. That's what I personally get at least. Mm. Um, yeah, super floral. So should in a glass actually. I'm drinking from a can. Hercules more modern higher alpha is that right then yeah correct correct so um hercules is i think it's it's technically a bittering hop i think it can be used as a dual hop um, but has extremely high alpha so you can use low amounts in it to you know achieve the ibus that you need in the boil Mm. Um, um, but i've got for aroma and and flavors that's where i'm really using the paler and the halitown middle through okay interesting Mm. 
Um, yeah, really, really tasty. Man, I'm going to smash the rest of these tins pretty quickly, I think. Yeah. I was I delighted when I opened the box and saw what these I just, um, I really, really hope that we can, um, uh, you know, obviously everyone wants to get back to normal, but I just, I'm every time I drink this, I'm just envisioning having it at the Hoff downtown, like outside with the sun setting and I'm going to need that vision to come true. Otherwise... <laughs> I've essentially just like uh, gaslit myself into a false memory. <laughs> oh, false hope. Yeah, false hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dave, how are you finding the dunkles? Um, it's great. It's kind of like um, it's a, li- like a bit understated to what I thought that I was uh, expecting a little bit. But can you talk us through the profile, Michael? Yeah. So the um, dunkles is again um, very traditional fermentation um style uh that guy's in tank also for about eight weeks um uh, using munich malts as the base a little bit of darker malts to just bring the color out a bit but without um without bringing any roasted flavors so really beautiful color yeah yeah you get that like dark copper yeah um color um and actually these two beers are also Oh yeah, slightly higher bitterness on the Dunkless, but obviously the um, the darker malts cut through that. Um, nice bready notes, bread, not Brett, yep. bread. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, it's pretty much. Yes, yeah, yeah. Do you like the label? Love the label. <laughs> it's, it's it's so it's it's so striking. It's cool, right? Um, we got. I don't know what it is about. Um, Lily, who is our artist in residence for this year, but I don't think I would have done these really traditional styles if she wasn't on our team this year. There's something about her style that just I feel like I can trust her with these styles that are so close to our heart. Um, and the fact that she always includes Harry is oh, just just about so. to bring up Harry, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you tell that we're childless? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about the label on, on a previous show, and I've just brought it up again, and it's it's yeah, it's so lovely. It's just like the colours are, are really warm. Yeah, it's beautiful, right? I think the I mean, obviously, we had hoped to go back to Germany this year to see um, our family and friends that are over there, and I think the memories that we have at Christmas markets is something that we just wanted to attempt to share with people here, like the, between the the red stars and even I feel like you look at that label long enough and you can feel a slight chill in the air. And like, it, it just has such a strong place in our hearts. And I think um, it's the perfect label for it, for sure. What's the best thing about the Christmas market? Um, I was going to say glue vine, but only when you're, and lit because the first glass of blue vine is horrible the second one is okay and the third one is the best thing you'll be drinking all night what, what is glue vine for people that uh, mold, mold wine, which is as bad as it sounds <laughs> i like mold wine uh, but uh, yeah. Really? yeah but I, I guess i've only ever had it like i'm three beers deep in a cold beer exactly <laughs> nobody's ever had it sober and thought yummy yummy i'm gonna have enough <laughs> No, nobody loves and hates Glühwein more than the Germans. They they all say they hate it, but then they all smash it. Yeah, so. they have a, a nice uh, place in their heart. Yeah, but um, yeah, the the Glühwein is um, yeah, just like a spiced warm wine. Actually, we should do one for us. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you should do one in a, in a can, wine in a can. And then you sell a little, a little spice kit with it and people... No, can... I disagree. I think it should be behind the bar and then you give out a little punch card with every pint and unless there's three what? punch holes in that punch oh, card, yeah. you're not having like one. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, actually that's a sick good. idea. I do like that. That, um, that would uh, yeah, that's bring cool. Actually, all sorts of... Oh, yeah. There's, there's nothing illegal about oh, it. Yeah, <laughs> what a yeah. fun hypothetical that we will never do to any cast. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, like, I'm getting a little just... spicy note. For, I'm assuming it's from the yeast, Michael. What's what's going on there? Oh, sorry, with the dunkles. Yeah. Um, well, what hops are in there again? It's Hel- uh, it's Halatau tradition and SARS. SARS mm. is known for like a peppery, spicy note, and there's a fair bit of it in there too. 
Yeah, it could be um, a little play between the um the that that spicy character and the bready character. That's um yeah yeah because yeah, the, the the yeast um that I use for our lagers is a um is a like our house lager yeast um is very neutral um when when um used correctly um gives off very uh, low uh, sulfur notes. You know that typical German lagery sulfur notes that uh subtle and not um you know in a bad way like eggy or anything mm-hmm. like that it's just that i don't know it's just the aroma that you i love from lagers sorry <laughs> but um um but now if you're getting spice i'll dare say it's coming from the um from the hops itself very good um uh, why don't we like these beers more i want to say <laughs> we i mean the the the, the, the market well, it is interesting. So when we'd first come back from Australia, we were surprised. Oh, sorry, Germany. We were surprised how open people were to drinking pale ale. Like it seemed like that was the the standard um, of people. Like that seems to be the go-to for most beers. So we after living in a lager country for so long, we assumed that that was kind of the I don't know, people who are comfortable with lagers. So, like, you know, I, I've never started my beer drinking journey at Pale Ale, but I assumed that everyone else had the same beer journey as me, which is probably wrong. So we assumed that German uh, Australians loved lagers as much as Germans. Um, obviously, they did not. But um, I think people, and I mean this with respect, people like things that are, um, cool and Burnley is not cool. <laughs> <laughs> like people like the new and innovative um, style, uh, new and innovative double hoppiness um, while sometimes don't think of these old school styles as traditionally trendy. Because mm. it's quite With respect. Yeah, what's quite interesting is because, um, yeah, just like Chloe, my um, beard, drinking brewing experience started with uh with brewing pilsners and stuff like that when i was younger and and then moving to germany and doing my apprenticeship and brewing and doing everything there in germany everything was lagers 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 apart from um wheat beer obviously being a top fermenting beer um but when you go to a a a pub or a bar in germany and any customer just asks for a beer um the the person behind the bar, the server will just uh, go straight for a pills um, because that's the standard, you know, it's it's nothing else but pills. That's what people are asking for. Whereas if you come here, um, at least if someone's looking over the bar at Burnley and they just go, I just want a beer, and then the, the server will say, oh, what beer? And then they'll look at the board and say, oh, pale ale. Yeah. I know what that is. I'll go for the pale like ale. Like pale ale is for sure the base beer here. Yeah, and uh, it's something that I – definitely didn't really think of which yeah, is why we started off with lagers in our um in our core range um but uh it's something i'm willing to uh i'm willing to go bankrupt for lagers for sure <laughs> <laughs> but also i think like um you know most people's first introduction to lagers were pretty bad like most of the time it's taking a oh, swig yeah taking swigs of your dad's beer and it's like what the absolute f this tastes like liquid bread so i think most of our first introductions to lagers wasn't that they were these beautiful beautifully made clean beers it was these dirty brown bottled things that your dad drank so i just think that people's relationship to really traditional styles um isn't as strong as it hopefully might be one day um but yeah it's I something that, that we talk about like almost endlessly on this show really is like those the like the cycles of what different demographics within the beer drinkers uh in this country move between and yeah i sure. feel like sections of it i have got to be moving towards traditional style i guess you do hope so. Like I've always jokingly said, if lagers ever become cool, so will Burnley. Um, <laughs> but I doubt that we'll ever become cool because, you know, people meet me and they're like, nah. But even if you were like <laughs> when you guys were talking about Love Shack, for example, that was a pretty um, like similar vibe to us in the fact that while they don't have German roots, they have more English beer style roots. They still want to make people fall in love with these traditionally traditional 
beautiful beers rather than like like that ESB they did was yeah that was so good. I haven't had that yet. I feel like you guys might be wrong, and I maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like Burnley is cool. Oh my god, Dave! You're just telling me that because I'm sitting here and I'm giving you free beer. <laughs> How would would you agree or disagree, Luke? Um, I mean, it's hard to know because we live in a very strong bubble. Where, sure. You know, I, I I remember sitting on the couch the other week and I'd got a a, a can of the Hellas, um, and just having an absolute moment with it. It was, I think, to me, might be the best beer I've had. My favorite beer all year. Um, and, and it was just gorgeous and, you know, looking at the, I love, I really like the can of the can art on that one, just the, you know, really, really well-designed can. Mm. Um, but there are people, you know, the rest of the, the beer world, I think is certainly excited about, you know, hazies and sours that are glugging up the taps. Yeah. Um, which I think there are people that are certainly coming around. You know, we talked about this with Dunk, and you know, their their Rattenhund pills is suddenly yeah. selling out. Uh, it's a hype beer. Um, I think people are coming around. And I think there is there is a you know, there's always a coolness in being uncool. I think it's, yeah. I think is like as soon as a, like the a drinking group matures beyond ticking, like just having a different beer every time. Mm. I think like. Then they start to frame. Okay, well, what do I want to have more than once? Yeah, and then for sure, or even sometimes when they start brewing at home for the first time, that seems to be a turning point as well. Um, but you know, like with that in mind, people should be like, I, I'm not concerned if we're not a hype brewery or a cool brewery because I think what we do well is be unapologetically us. Like we know exactly what fits our brand, what we want to drink. And um, to say that we're the first brewery in Australia to do X, Y, Z is always kind of not ever accurate because there's probably somebody who's done it, just you haven't heard about it. So we're always mindful of like we're not the first person to do this, but hopefully we'll do it the best that we possibly can. So I think that we purposely try and carve out our own lane is probably the best thing for us. I think think cool factor also is like, Whenever, like, every release is, like, no one ever says that wasn't, like, a really well-executed beer. That's cool, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. As um, head of sales and product development, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess one of the things um, with Burnley is, you know, there has been, I guess, changes uh, over the, you know, the recent memory. Um, Mm -hmm. So are you guys owners now? Is this how it works? Yeah, so essentially it's us and um, I'm not sure if you've ever met him. His name's Hoppo. Um, so we took full, I mean, we've always had somewhat uh, full control over it. but We had somewhat uh, say in it. Yeah. Yeah, so when the boys decided to leave, basically it was just handball to us. And so basically when Burnley opened, there was four, we weren't involved in the beginning um, stages, so like, we weren't there for the branding, we, uh, for the name, for the product, for the um, business plan, whatever. We kind of stepped into it when that had been fully, um, you know, the loans had been secured, whatever. Um, and the four people that started Burnley originally, um, the 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 person that was least keen on having a brewery <laughs> now owns that brewery. <laughs> but to his credit, he's, he's probably... Um, I could, find could it not love beer. Yeah, could right not now. love Burnley more. So <laughs> it's um, it's definitely been interesting taking over during and before COVID. Well, yeah, just really because of COVID, really. Yeah. Mm. So um, yeah, COVID just completely uh, changed that direction of Burnley, where Burnley and probably was most going. Other businesses as well. Yeah, exactly. And everyone had to pivot, change strategies, um, which then resulted to to well, us getting a getting um the bigger slice uh, of the pie yeah I guess and then um, also making Burnley's um view or direction or face of Burnley more um mimic what Chloe and I do mm. um, which is now why we uh, yeah, Jesus, yeah, I'm terrible. At Michael's having a stroke. <laughs> I'm just not helping him because um, I'm going to inherit all of his wealth. So. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> uh, 
people are struggling to talk outside of the people they talk to every day at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so basically I think the reason that we did really well last year was like, uh, uh, oh, fuck, now it's contagious. <laughs> we could streamline everything. So Michael and I live together. We don't ever stop talking about Burnley. So we could make decisions really quickly and Hoppo is fully supportive of um, following your gut and giving it your best go. Mm. So I think the fact that we changed Burnley's mentality to like just give it your best and let's see what shakes loose really helped us because if something did fail, it looks like it wasn't going well, we could pivot really quickly without feeling guilt from that. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's something um, I was listening to um, John Selton the other day, that uh, uh, the episode with John Selton the other day. Oh, God, He made a really good point that um, Brick Lane obviously being a lot larger can't really pivot as quickly with the trends because because they are a larger brewery and um, their schedules will be locked in, uh, you know, much earlier. Uh, maybe it's a bit different with our upgrades and everything like that. Whereas because we are a small brewery, we can pivot with trends, changes and, and whatever. Um, so when the very first lockdown happened, um, and everyone's future was pretty much uncertain because there was no job keeper, job seeker, or anything like that. Um, we had to completely change everything, as as everyone else did as well. So we had to recall all our kegs, um, get whatever we could into cans. Any special release that was meant to be just for keg release um, had to go into cans. And um, and I mean, we're still doing that to this day. Well, yeah, exactly. I think what we did well was just doing it like we. Just Adapt. said, yeehaw, put the fucking keys in the ignition and step on it and see where we land. Um, and then we yeehawed all the way to 2021 and we're still yeehawing. <laughs> Speaking like, um, when did the ownership change or when did the yeehaw begin? Uh, kind of the day that ScoMo said to shut everything down. I think it was in the works a couple of weeks before that. Essentially, it's like a divorce that we've tried to keep out of. Okay. So it's, <laughs> it was kind of like a couple of weeks before the first lockdown. Um, and then the boys were in and out of it a bit and I think they just decided for their own um, mental health that they wanted to fully step out of it. And, like, Phil, uh, you've met Phil and Neil and they're mm, both lovely. Absolutely, people. yeah. Um, and Phil owns heaps of other businesses and they're all hospital in, uh, businesses and so does Neil. So fully understand why they had to kind of triage things. Um, and I think... The fact that they thought we could kind of take over well enough um, is a testament to the friendship that we had with them that we still have with them. Neil currently works for Mountain Distilling, um, who contracts out of him, so we still get to see him occasionally. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I, so didn't, I, do I didn't realise Neil was working at Mountain Distilling and I I bought some gin off them. Uh, oh, it's, it's incredible gin, right? Yeah, I really like the gin. I read an article uh, years ago now and they launched for broadsheet and um one of the things i'm kind of consciously doing during these lockdowns is buying from producers i don't normally buy from that i really like uh, oh, yeah. have you ever tried penny f no what is that it's down here down in rye um by the way people who've never met me we live in rye <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's incredible gin like it's um there's one that's like vodka vodka sorry there's, I know I've just pivoted, sorry, but um, it's halfway it's through a story. That's fine. Like, no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely worth putting it onto your list. Can you can you say what that was again? Penny, oh, Penny Ave. I'll send you sorry. the Instagram link. Just, I need to do it for the audio as well. How do you spell it? <laughs> um, Bro, if that doesn't not get me a free goon bag of cocktails, they will be here. P E double N I, Luke. Ah, yeah. Penny Ave. Um, okay. Cool. Yeah, awesome. So essentially, Added. that's essentially how it happened. But um, we have absolutely no, no. Hard it was, it was, it was, it was definitely um, a shock though for us because it's it's a, uh, a position that Chloe and I never really saw ourselves in. Um, and then as soon as Hobo gave us the news that we were to be taking over um, all of the um, everything, well, everything really. Um, production side, sales sides, restaurant, restaurant side, everything like that. Chloe and I were like, oh, wait, why? What? <laughs> what <did we> do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, we're still friends with them, and um, I hope they do another venture soon because it was very cool was to see what they were doing. Yeah, really nice dudes. Yeah, I, I both Dave and I, I think, really like those guys. Um, and as I said, when I ordered the gen, it was a a nice surprise to get Neil email and say, by the way. 
uh, you know, I'm working here now. I'll chuck in an mm. extra bottle of gin, uh-huh. uh, a special release. I'm like, oh man, thanks. Like, I was genuinely buying because I wanted to, you know, support. I didn't want anything free, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll take it. I took it. <laughs> it was delicious. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mountain Gin, delicious. Really, really good. Um, so I guess those changes, I think one of the, the most interesting changes has been the adoption of TikTok, uh, <laughs> which I think yeah. Burnley is probably the Australian leader. Oh, my God. That is, in, the, best, you know, that is the best compliment I've ever fucking gotten. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you guys said that Burnley wasn't cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and for people that haven't seen them, uh, go into the what's the how do you find them on TikTok? TikTok stresses me out, so I never use it. But oh it's my at, gosh, uh, I love TikTok. It's at um, so the Burnley Brewing TikTok is literally just called Burnley Brewing. Yep. Um, actually, I know I, I follow you, Luke, all yeah. the time on on TikTok. I think I have done a TikTok before. Sorry, no, I don't. Think oh, yeah, I don't think I have. No. I think I plan to, but I haven't. Yeah, just get lit and do it one night. Um, but <laughs> yeah, essentially, we like most people downloaded TikTok as like a form of um, just was, distraction, really. What was Jesse's idea? So, uh, yeah, but we personally downloaded it. Oh, us personally. Yeah, Sorry. to like keep young. Um, <laughs> yeah. and so we can uh, relate with. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hashtag yellow, am I right, guys? <laughs> um, and basically, um, I think we're, we're really strong believers in like if you're going to work for a company you should see yourself reflected in that um and whether or not it's ideas for beers or branding or whatever we want to see uh, if we hire someone at Burnley we want to see them represented in our brand not only because we get to um suck the youth out of them like a vampire it also means (laughs) that our brand becomes more um flexible and adaptable and whatever so Jessie who is our incredible um, she started as a bar person, then went on to help with PR and now is a social media. No, hold on. She's a salesperson. <laughs> a sales. Sales. Uh, but now obviously during um, lockdown, there's not much sales to be done to mm. restaurant bars and stuff like that. So, so she's, she's taken on. graphic design. So actually she's done all of our um, design for. Jesus, yeah, she got, <laughs> she, yeah, she did. Um, if you're listening, please don't steal her from it because I would. I would straight up die. But um, she was basically. I don't know her last name, her name. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Um, so basically, she wanted to. Um, uh, like last year was obviously bleak. We don't need to go into that. And I think she just wanted to break the cycle of what was being produced. So instead of like an Instagram story where it's like, please help us, we're dying, it was like a. Um, watch me whip, watch me nay nay kind of TikTok. So it was meant to be. <laughs> watch me whip, please, I'm dying. <laughs> I need CPR. <laughs> Sorry, it was meant to be like a different approach to showing the the literal freaks that run Burnley. Um, and the fact that you've said that we're the great, uh, that we can do it really well, it was very flattering. Yeah, because so just set, set it up. Uh, Bro, don't get us starting about TikTok because ch- ch- we can chapter, have this conversation yeah. all night. <laughs> So yeah, just just set it up and chucked on a few TikToks, showed me how to do it, and then kind of handballed it to me, um, and then and then I started making a few TikToks and then started showing um, the other brewers in the brewery. They're like, "Please don't make us do this," because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, now we're all doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you from a, a marketing? perspective because there's a lot of brewers that i think go we've got instagram we've got facebook we've got our website we don't we don't have time for another thing Mm. is is there benefit um or is it purely just this is fun well Well, for the first time we actually got fined recently well no not not fined you got Um, abex yeah yes yes sorry i apologize great great defense by the way Thank you. Oh, yeah, did you read that? that? Yeah, I, I read um, every every ABAC. I mean, it's kind of part of my job. Um, and yeah, also, yeah, I just cool. think they're hilarious. because tell, tell, to... tell me about it. I didn't. Yeah. I, I wasn't aware of your ABAC. So I'll start it off and then, Luke, you can continue it. Um, so, yeah, we just – so our TikToks are, um, were for well, really fun and just like the Burnley Brewing behind the beers Instagram, it's just been insight into – what is beer because a lot of people drink beer, but they actually don't know what goes into it. The craftsmanship, the patience, the work, the, yeah. the, the long, literal cleaning, the long, yeah, the cleaning, the cleaning, the cleaning and the long hours of fixing pumps, because that's pretty much 
all it is yeah. is cleaning and fixing things. I also think there's, it, with that, like an extension of that, there's a lot of gatekeeping around beer. And one of our pillars is like trying to make it super accessible. So, yeah. So just like that, um, Burnley Behind the Beers Instagram, the TikTok was just to show people this is what actually happens in a brewery. So it wasn't uh, advertising marketing or anything like that. Um, but then ABAC got uh, received a complaint. And as, as they do, they need to receive to every, uh, sorry, respond to every complaint that they receive. And their complaint was that we were marketing alcohol to minors pretty Which much. Which is silly because we're marketing was... towards babies. Like we want non-minors <laughs> and under. <laughs> You're property uh, developed. Don't come my way. <laughs> can I, uh, can I ask good. a boomer question? Is that purely because they their position is that TikTok is used by minors? Exactly. Yes, yeah, correct, so Their correct. understanding of TikTok was the TikTok from when it first came out. So it was for predominantly 13-year-olds, yeah. which makes sense. Like they wouldn't have had yeah. updated data. So, I mean, to be fair, when I first started using it, I was like, I feel my hip clicking out of place every time I'm watching this because I feel so old. So I think it definitely has changed since COVID hit for sure. And and um and ABAC were uh, absolutely right to respond to it because um for the um for the non-user of TikTok um you would assume that it was nothing but um teenagers dancing and doing doing whatever which is a majority of it which is a lot of it yeah um, yeah, yeah um so so yeah so the uh yeah we rec- received a complaint and then we um, responded and then I guess Luke you can continue on from there um well, as you read. Yeah, so there was a previous ruling for another brand, a seltzer brand, where oh, yeah, they babes were babes or something. A basic babes. Yeah, basic babes, which is a, a complete trash brand. Yeah. Um, there's a few of those seltzer brands that have just started up to be a, just trash. You know. Yeah. yeah. Are you skinny and hot? Drink us. One hundred percent. That. I mean, um, it's not silly. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure they're making money. Or sure. I don't actually know, but. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, but yeah. So, so they're they're they If you look on their Instagram, you will immediately see where problems started coming in. People, um, you know, swimming swimming in the ocean and and whatever, mm. um, drinking cans, operating heavy machinery. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. Know. yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're all like white, thin women as well. Yeah, and so they got um, pulled up for their TikTok account because there's no age gate on TikTok. And at the time, the majority of users were, were teens and they were certainly marketing to a, an aspirational marketing. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, this is marketed at, at youth who are super hot and love to party. Yeah, um, don't you want to be like that? 100%. I mean, I am super I hot and I love to party. Like so. Sick demo though. Sick demo. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so then the, the, so the ruling from ABAC was like, yeah, actually you probably can't market in this way per our code. Um, and... I deal a lot with ABAC in my, in my job and um, I've got, I'm a, actually a, a legitimate fan of ABAC. I know there's a lot of criticism mm-hmm. about it, but mm-hmm. I think it's necessary. And to their credit, they are regularly doing focus groups with, with teens basically. And so, oh, really? yeah, yeah. Um, I think once a year they do a focus group and go, is this cool with the teens? How do you guys see these things? <laughs> basically, because they need to kind of know this stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and they, <laughs> So Sorry. then when the Burnley one happened, the the response that you guys gave was, was gorgeous because you went through and um, had stats of TikTok users and the age of TikTok users and why, um, you know, what you were doing is different to what they were doing mm. and why your audience was completely different. And also you weren't celebrating beer. Uh, you weren't celebrating getting drunk. You were just showing a workplace, essentially. Yeah. Uh, oh. And... You know, I think if you hadn't have had such a good defense, it probably would have been, oh, yeah, TikTok's for kids. You can't do beer stuff on it um, under the ABAC rules. But they were like, oh, actually, fair enough. Yeah, that's great. Can I actually ask you, why do they send emails so late in the night? (laughs) ABAC? Yeah. Uh, I don't know the answer to that one. I mean, they're, they're they're all like, you know, lawyers and judges and stuff that have been involved in many things. So maybe... Oh, they're built different, I guess. Yeah. But I, I, <laughs> I mean, we used to get emails like 8 p.m. on a Sunday. It's like, bro, I'm about 10 beers deep here. Yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah. know what you want me to do. <laughs> but actually, I have to agree with you, um, Luke, because the, the work that they do is, um, oh, super is, is super important. And I have to say really to their credit, they um, they read through our our, um, our report um, 
looked at all the uh, references and and things that I that I pointed to them, um, articles and everything that I pointed to them, and were yeah at, at the end then pretty much overrode an old old ruling of theirs, mm. saying like mm, actually um, that's correct we could allow Barista to do this as long as it isn't a, a platform for advertising. Yeah, I think I when we really felt really... like we were going to get, I mean, most government bodies you feel like it's going to fall flat and you're not going to actually be listened to. Mm. But I felt like we were listened to them Completely. by yeah. them, which which was surprising for us and very um, relieving, really. Well, that's exactly what you want like to experience, isn't it? Like they've yeah, made exactly. a rule, something's changed along the way and they're happy to review that and then change something based upon the yeah. new information. I mean, that's exactly what you want. Which I think is so important, especially when it comes to social media, because like the way that business runs has changed so much since the first lockdown and even before that, where, um, you know, I think, um, I know I'm derailing this conversation again, but the way that the staff at Burnley uh, use TikTok is a, uh, way of like making inside jokes and I think when we weren't all together (laughs) that was a really good de facto way to spend time together so it would have been like a bit of a kick in the teeth if if we basically had to say like oh and actually at the time we're rebranding everything as well and we'd literally just put our little TikTok handle on it (laughs) I think we were just seeing like dollar signs just appear in front of our face if we actually had to shut that down um so I think for sure that it's not so important to our brand because it's more of an extension of it, but it's um, during lockdown, it definitely works. as like a bit of a um, love language, I say, I would say. Uh, Holgate, they're another brewery that's just started doing TikTok. And I oh, think yeah, I've seen them. They're doing um, probably a similar approach to, to you guys where they've said to the staff, um, you know, this will be a cool thing to do. And they're getting, like, they're getting staff members to, to front them and they're, no, they're, they're doing they clearly know what they're doing in the tiktok world yeah yeah like you can it's interesting because um uh, and this actually leads back to salsa really easily i hate it when um brands hold on mike is about to crack open a beer and so am i so that's what that sound is <laughs> um i really hate it when brands don't know how to change and develop and be inclusive and i think that's mm. where younger people really take the reins is with how social media can be um, such a testament to people getting to know you as a brand. But um, actually, no, I will go on my Celta rant another day. Okay. I think that's awesome that Holgate have um, embraced that though because, I mean, obviously they've evolved so many times over the years. But if you think, yeah. if you, if you think about like if you visualise a like like a stuffy old Australian um, beer brand, they'll probably come into your mind just because of mm-hmm. they Absolutely. were doing traditional styles for a long time. Um, so it's cool. Like it's it's cool to hear that they're like embracing something like cutting edge on the social media front. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that's like it's free to use, right? But you just have to justify your staff using that time. And I think once people really see that that's a great alternative to them just like, you know, wiping a counter, I think more people would probably be inclined to use it. Time to lean, time to yeah. TikTok. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that actually made me feel sick. That has just brought up a memory. Time to lean, time to clean. You've heard that in your hospital life? Yeah. Fucking hell, have I? And there is something about uh, engagement, you know, as someone that I guess – had to manage or managed teams of kind of university graduates um, or students and stuff, you know, it, getting people engaged in the fun of what you're doing mm. um, or even just saying, hey, we want to give you some ownership over this and it's fun and you can do it during work. Uh, you know, people, and I, I, I think our generation certainly, and I, I think any generation likes mm. fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, you heard it here first, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, I think the famous well, Simpsons quote. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> I think as well, like we were so isolated from each other last year that we and like obviously um, sexism is such a massive problem in the industry already. But there was such a wave of females getting fired because they were seen as having not important roles of like the socials or whatever mm. that. Um, we kind of wanted to 
do the complete opposite where we actually bunkered down and gave gave people more ability to do whatever the fuck they wanted with, um, uh, you know, I forgot what I was going to say, but try and not be so isolated from each other when we, it was at then it was just a matter of time of just like getting through it. And we just kind of wanted to carry that. Um, I don't even know what I'm fucking saying. Maybe I'm having a stroke now, but <laughs> essentially we use TikTok as a way to communicate with everyone as a team. Hmm. It's actually pretty funny. We put up a TikTok um, last week, which was just uh, something just taking a shot at commercial beer. And the amount of people it triggered was so funny. (laughs) So it's all these like, uh, you know, craft beer lovers or independent beer lovers being like, yep, love it, fantastic. And then all these people like, well, that's not true. Yeah, TikTok is a weird place. It is a seriously weird place. It's so funny. Um, But um but yeah, that's uh, that's, that's TikTok. Life, that's that's. Uh... <laughs> it's it's fascinating to see as someone that um, you know has has always kind of been following social media and does marketing or works in that world as well. Uh, and yeah, it's great. It, you know, genuinely enjoy people doing it because it's fun. Mm. Um, you know, that to me is more interesting than any big brand campaign. Yeah, for sure. I think people always feel guilty when they're having fun at work as well. Mm. and that's just not yep. really our vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. We got foosball tables at the brewery. Yeah, that's not a fucking good thing, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> it's, well, they currently got um, as of. Yeah, because I always have to help him move it. That's the thing. Like people are like, oh, it's so cool. It moves around. There. Yeah, because we move it around the brewery. Like it's. A six-person thing to lift that always gets stuck with Michael and I. Okay, I get where you're coming from, <laughs> but it's a whole motivational thing. <laughs> um, this is great. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> before we um, um, before we just like drown in TikTok and foosball talk, I've just opened a get lost. Can you talk me through it a little bit? That's actually a, a really good segue because um, 